Welcome to the Black Hereford Chronicles with Jen Hill. Here we discuss all things Black Hereford. Join me for in-depth conversations and insightful interviews relevant to your Black Hereford operation. I'm back with part two of the board of directors interviews here. If you didn't check out part one yet, make sure you go back and also give a listen to those candidates. This episode will feature Bobby Peters, Matt Bolte, and Chad Jones. Those electronic ballots are supposed to be going out uh, in the first couple weeks of September. So keep an eye on your email inbox for those. All right. I won't waste any more time. Let's dig in. Thanks for listening to the Black Hereford Chronicles. I am here today with another one of our ABHA Board of Directors candidates, Bobby. Uh, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from. Hey there, Jennifer. First, I want to thank you for this opportunity. Um, And I love what you're doing with the podcast. I think that it's great and we love to listen in. Um, But as you said, my name is Bobby Peters. Um, I was raised in Polk County, Florida, which is um, one of the largest counties in Florida with cattle. Um, And of course, we had citrus. Um, So I grew up around cattle you know, since a very young age, um, but I've always wanted horses. So when I moved to North Carolina in 2004, um, I began my interest in large livestock and bought some horses and I needed to have a lean-to. So I met my husband now. He built that lean-to and we've been together ever since. Um, he had a commercial herd and so here I am. I get it. I married into it too. <laughs> and it sounds like you have chickens as well. Yes. And they're never, they never seem to be quiet when you're wanting to do something. So it was either kids inside or now, now a nice little rooster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get it. The place that we're at, the previous owners left behind a bunch of peacocks and you oh, want to wow. talk about loud and annoying. Yes, I know. We had those as well. <laughs> <laughs> so How long have you really been in the cattle business? It sounds like you said maybe since 2004. And then diving into that a little further, how long have you been doing Black Herefords? So, yes, when I met my husband, he had um, a commercial herd um, that was, you know, a little bit of Angus, um, some Charlays. We had Herefords um, and we ran some Brangus bulls over those um, because obviously the, the larger the more money you get. And so we could also wean, you know, at a much younger age. Um, But our son got sick in 2009. And so we just kind of stopped. We needed to give him all of our attention. Um, So we backed away from cattle. Um, We got our start again in 2014, mainly because we were kind of juggling around, you know, what do we want to do? Do we want to continue with commercial? Do we want to get serious and do kind of more registered? Um, So we just, we couldn't decide. We loved Herefords, but you get docked. And so we didn't want that, that red hide. And my brother-in-law actually said, Hey, you know, there's this thing called a black Hereford, right? 
And we said, no. So of course I did my research and read up about, you know, Mr. Gage and um, Jane and cattle and read all the stories. And I'm one of those that if I'm going to do it, I want to make my own. So we talked to um, a great breeder here in North Carolina, Jimmy McKnight, and he gave us some information as well. And um, we bought our Angus bull and it was kind of like that kitchen faucet commercial where we bought the bull and I said, I want to breed or make our herd around this bull. And so we bought some Hereford cows and away we went and had some awesome F1s. So um, I, I think Black Hereford we chose just because it, who doesn't like a baldy, first of all. Um, and secondly, we just like to look out into the field and see Herefords, but they're black because we, we know that who we sell to appreciates that and they know they're going to get the money in the end. Well, I love when people talk about wanting to start from that ground up and, and making their first F1s. I think there's something really admirable to taking it the slow path, but ensuring that you're getting the best product that you know you can. So I just really admire the heck out of that. So now you've thrown your hat in the ring for the board. Why, why go ahead and decide to run for the board of directors? When, when I first started, um, listening and paying attention to Black Herefords and um, people may remember me because I would get on to the posts and I would just kind of say like, hey, you know, listen, I wanted to educate. I'm, I have such a passion because we made our own and we, you know, along with our failures, we, you know, had challenges and okay, we, we got this. Now, how do we keep this? And we might have lost it the next breeding season. And so I just love to educate and I love the the fact that we're growing and I want to help members and talk to members. And um, I know that here in North Carolina, I started the North Carolina Black Herford Association. And so we've gained more members because of that education aspect. And so um, I know that that's a really big thing right now that we're trying to do as an association. And, and I want to jump on board with that and, you know, mitigate problems because people sometimes get a little snooty, don't they, when we're talking about Black Herefords. But, um, you know, it's just understanding both worlds and walking different pastures and being able to step across that fence and so that I just I want to watch it grow and be a part of that um, and help other members grow and and be a part of it as well absolutely I had a lady on social media lay into me a couple weeks ago you know with the usual that's not a real breed it's just a crossbreed thing and I finally fired back at her and said so are you thinking that Noah took just straight Angus on that boat? Like they all had to start somewhere. Right. Right. And yeah. I, it's a lot I, of education that's needed. Absolutely. I think people forget that Herefords didn't just fall from the sky. Angus didn't fall from the sky. I mean, we, we domesticated cattle. They're no longer wild. We've made them into what we want them to be for our beef industry and for our pastures alone. I have a customer that she doesn't care that it's a, she wants it to be a black Herford, but she doesn't care. She just wants it to have goggles. That's, that's what she looks at, you know? So it, we're all different in what we want. And I think, you know, that has to be recognized, but we also have to keep the breed going strong and forward. 
Absolutely. So then on a similar note, what do you see is the role for the board of directors in the association? So absolutely. <laughs> it's it's going to be a taking on kind of a challenge. Um, I know with the state association, there's so much that has to be done with advertising, with phone calls, with digital media, with, you know, just something simple as printing a paper or having a conversation or delegating or those differences when there's meetings and um, being able to have, you know, be ambiguous and be able to say um, in those meetings that you're there for the members and to support the members um, and to also help, you know, the vice president, the president, the secretary, all of that comes together in one big circle. And, you know, we need each other. Um, I think with the North Carolina Herford Association, that's where we don't have a board of directors. We don't have a board members. We don't have any of that yet. So it, it all falls on just a couple of people. Um, and so I think that those members help everything. It's the foundation, I believe, and helping everything kind of move forward and, and build. Well, I've been really impressed watching your state association. There's a few of you guys down there in the Southeast and we don't have anything like that in the Midwest or the West. And so I know you specifically even have done some really cool things building up those state associations and that ground root stuff really matters as far as building up customers and legitimacy and all of that. So my hat's off to you for all the work you've done down there. Well, thank you. It's not just me. It's the members, you know, that we wouldn't have an association if we didn't have members. And so they're, you know, the most important part of the association. So again, if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be here. So what are some of the challenges that you see facing the ABHA and then the breed as a whole right now? So I, there's a lot really, because we're so new. And I think that, you know, everybody wants the best homozygous black homozygous polled bull. And I think that the challenges we're facing is when we're putting animals on social media and, you know, kind of trying to promote it. Sometimes we're promoting the wrong ones and it's not really the look or um, the genetics. And I, I think those are some of our challenges is, being able to utilize the great genetics that we have a part of in the Red Hereford world and building that great foundation before we make those big steps for, hey, come look what I've got. And I look and I'm like, oh my goodness, is that, I didn't know it was a bull. I'm sorry. So we have to, I think that's our biggest challenge. And it goes back to DNA. It goes back to our data. Um, we didn't submit data when we were commercial breeders, but that's what makes us different in a registered association is collecting that data and even going above and beyond and going, you know, to identity beef and, Hey, is this something worth keeping? It looks good, but is it something worth keeping for the beef industry if they're going to slaughter it or, 
um, you know, there's, there's a lot because we're so new. So I think we're slowly taking those great steps, especially right now with the, it's more than a Baldy, um, pushing people to submit that data and those EPDs, you know, once they get changed and things are going to change and start catapulting forward here shortly. Absolutely. And I think that ties into what you said earlier about education. You know, we really have to educate those members on why that data matters and why all of that data matters so much, because I think you're right. There's just some people that still maybe have that commercial mindset and aren't used to having to turn that in. Right. Right. So it that to me, I think is the biggest one is to we yeah, a fellow breeder said to me, who, who buys from you? Do you sell your bulls to other black Hereford breeders? And no, I don't. So it dawned on me that, yeah, no, we don't sell to commercial breeders. You're absolutely right. Um, but in order to build our breed, we have to submit the data a hundred percent of it or else the breed's not going to go anywhere. I may as a, you know, supplier to commercial cattlemen, but I'm not going to help the breed succeed in what it needs to. Right. And if the breed can't gain that legitimate ground, then we're all in trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you see on the other side of that coin is the biggest strengths of the association and the breed? Wow. We have really grown. I mean, since I started just, wow, the growth that we've had and the state associations, not just ours, but I mean, there's so many and, um, there people are talking about wanting to start them more and more. And that to me is a big strength because strength is in numbers, right? Not only on your farm and your herd, but as, as members, we have more people we can reach out to and say, Hey, I love that butt on that bull. How did you do that? You know, I, I mean, that's what I love about our association. And goodness um, knows we need more butts in our breed. So <laughs> absolutely. And you know, the diversity we, I love the, the show aspect of it because we, we too at Peter's farm, we did not show animals. My daughter showed 4-H and now I'm showing bulls. I never imagined that would happen. We've got people that are sharing with us numbers because they have their bulls, you know, in test facilities. And so we've got that market and the, the hobby farming, and then people that are in really big business that are running six, 700 head and they're shipping off, you know, trailer loads of cattle. So just the diversity within our association itself is amazing to me. And I think that's one of our biggest strengths because that's our support. That's what we have to support us. Absolutely. And it's beautiful because it means there's room for everyone. Yes, definitely. I was looking the other day, you know, the Facebook memories and stuff pop up. And I saw some pictures from the very first national sale that we did. And it was Uh amazing to look back and see how far we've gone. You know, those pictures, the backdrop was like a tarp outside hung on a fence. And then even just looking at the cattle and how far our cattle have come and how much improvement we've had. I think you nailed that, that our growth, if we can just keep that momentum going. Absolutely. So the question I like to ask everyone on this show, what's one thing you'd change about Black Herefords? Um, I think breeders, 
change the, we need to focus a little bit more on some different things. I think a lot of people going back to that homozygous black and the homozygous polled, you know, that red Hereford book has been closed for, I mean, hundreds, it, hundreds of years. And here we are in what the, I don't even know the 20th. I mean, we're, we're such babies. And so we need a little bit more focus on quality and to know that those things aren't important, that we have to have patience. And I think you gain that when you create an F1, because to me, there's nothing better to look at in a pasture than an F1. They're perfect. They're exactly what you want. And so if you have the patience to make that F1, more than likely it's not going to be homopold and it may even be heteropold. You never know. It's that's the fun of it. And genetics play such a big role in that, that we need to take our focus off of that and focus a little bit more on building that animal that you desire. It's easier for you to build something that you desire because not everyone's going to like what you like, but there are going to be people that will. And so if you can keep that consistency, because that to me, I think is what we need to focus a little bit more on. There's a lot of inconsistencies out there with the Black Herefords, and we, we need that to grow and to be better so that we can have dominoes and trusts and, you know, um, Churchill, all these names that are in the Red Hereford. We don't have that yet. We don't have that wow factor yet we have to build to it so we need that consistency and we need to focus on genetics and not so much homo 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 you know that's not important yet you'll get there but it takes quite a while to build it so and it's fun I recommend doing it it's so much fun you're right though it is definitely a test in patience I always say that's one of the most frustrating things about being in the cattle business is how long of a process genetic change is. You know, if we all bred rabbits, we'd be able to go to from zero to 10 in just a year. Absolutely. But it's painful. Oh yeah. We, we had, you know, our challenges were we, we didn't like Herefords that their briskets touched the ground. So we wanted to put a little leg in them and then we got too leggy and I felt like they were (laughs) we could go mudslinging with them it was just crazy how it went from one to the other and then you you don't start over you just add a little something different and it works it might not work but I think now we've got such a good base on our herd that we can play now and we're actually spending time playing with new genetics that we never thought we would you know be able to touch but um it's out there. You just have to be brave and patient. Yes, absolutely. So is there anything that you want people to know? Any information you want to share? That's a hard one. (laughs) I mean, I've, I just have passion and I just love serving people. And I think that being a um, a voice for a lot of our members is important. And I think that transparency is very important. Um, and just helping others. I mean, that's why we have associations. It shouldn't be difficult and 
hard and stressful and, you know, what you do at home on your herd should be that way. But having that association, that should be your support and you should be proud of your association. Um, and I just I want to be a part of that and help our board members. And because, gosh, it's changed even since we've come. I felt like it was kind of I don't want to say this was kind of drab. And now it's just so exciting. And I can't wait to see what's coming up next and what sales going to happen and where it's happening. We used to only have sales in such small portions of the nation. And now, you know, they're popping up everywhere and it's just, I'm excited. Yeah. One thing I comment on a lot is when we first started, we got laughed at a lot. We don't get laughed at as much anymore. People still argue. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But it, it, it doesn't shock them. Like it used to just shock them. And so they would laugh. Now they've at least heard it before. So they're ready for arguing. So that's, you know, that's a step. (laughs) Right. Uh, We'll get there. Well, if people have questions for you or want to visit with you, are they able to contact you? Absolutely. Anytime. So what's the best way? Do you prefer Facebook? Um, I have an email. And Facebook Messenger is fine. Um, My husband always laughs at me because I do everything Um, with the state association. I'm also a a meat manager, meat cutter. So I'm always on the phone, emailing, taking pictures. Um, So I'm I'm always going to see it. If someone wants to reach out to me, I'm there for any questions. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited that we have so many people that have decided to get involved. I think that that's a great situation for our association to be in. I think it's a sign that we've reached kind of a stable place and are doing some really cool things. So I was just really excited to hear that you had thrown your name out there. And I just want to thank you for being willing to do that. Yes, I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. We'll see how it goes, but I know however, however it goes, it's just going to be more excitement to come. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time today. Hey, thank you. Have a great night. You too. Hey, thanks everyone for staying tuned to these American Black Hereford Board of Director interviews. I have our next candidate here, Matt, and I'm going to go ahead and let him just tell you all about him. So Matt, will you introduce yourself? Tell us about who you are, where you're from, all that kind of stuff. Sure. First, I just want to start by uh, thanking you for let me come on here and talk a little bit with you. Um, my name is Matt Bolte. I'm from Coffeyville, Kansas. In Southeast Kansas, we're about an hour north of Tulsa. Um, I'm married to my wife, Jackie. For, we've been married for 14 years. Uh, we've got four kids, two girls, two boys. Uh, we just had our news. He's, it's, his name's Boone. He's three months old. And then we have Burke. He's five. Um, and then our girls are Eden, who's she's almost eight, and Lenny, who is three. Um, so you're busy. Yes, very busy. <laughs> Not as busy as my wife, but I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm very busy. My wife, um, she's a teacher by trade. Since we've been having kids, um, she, she's just been a stay-at-home mom. She'll eventually go back to work, but right now her hands are full at home, so she just stays at home, takes care of the kids. Uh, without her, there is no way that we could do it. There's no doubt about that. Um, we own a retail tire store in Coffeyville. Uh, we specialize in a lot of ag tires. 
Um, but we'll do them all, anything from lawnmower tires to, to the big over, you know, off-road scraper tires. We do it all. Um, and we own 4B Black Herefords. Very cool. So how long have you been in the cattle business? So my What's family, your history there? Yeah. Okay. Well, my family, we've always had cattle. Um, my grandparents had cattle. My parents had cattle. So, you know, I've just kind of grew up with it, been raised in it. Um, some of my earliest memories are, are with cattle. Um, I guess if, if you want to be official, I think I bought my first cows whenever I was 18, my first group of cows. Uh, if you want to be official, the, probably the first time I actually spent money on cows was whenever I was 18. And that's um, especially true if anyone from the IRS is listening. Exactly. He was exactly. an adult for sure. <laughs> well, from there, we just kind of built, built our herd, um, you know, we we've uh we've kind of specialized in commercial cow cattle for a long time like i said my, that's what that's what my family did so that's kind of what we did so then what's your origin story with black herfords i love finding out that from people just cuz you know we're a little bit off the beaten path and it's always an interesting story how did you find and get into black herfords okay so i think my story is probably the same as a lot of people's stories i was running red herford bulls on top of just black hided cows you know angus type cows and it, it was awesome you know they worked great the problem is you get too many red calves if you're taking the sale barn um so i was kind of on the fence with the black herford stuff i finally said the heck with it i'm gonna buy a bull so i bought a black herford bull and i liked him so much that uh, about oh i don't know three or four months later i bought four registered bred heifers i calved them out and uh, the rest is history. I mean, we just kind of built our herd through through them. We've bought more over the years. That was in 2016, I think, so whenever I started. Uh, we've bought more over the years. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got some red Hereford mamas and, and we've got a lot of black Hereford mamas, but um, that's where we started. We just started with one bull and then some shortly after that, some red heifers. Absolutely. I think you're right. We do hear that a lot. People come over from the commercial side because we've all been doing this for generations, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then you discover, oh, it's like a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's official. Yeah. So how do you go from, from running cattle your whole life? And then like so many of us discovering black Herefords to deciding to go ahead and run for the board. So first off, I mean, I just fell in love with the breed, you know, after, after we got into it, like I said, I bought the first bull and I liked him so much that I bought the, the, uh, the four bread, the four bread heifers. But with that being said, I've been a commercial cattleman my whole life. But after getting into the ABHA, I realized the importance and significance of the relationship between the registered guys and the commercial guys. Um, I think our board has done a really, really good job of kind of bridging that gap. Um, the, you know, the, the commercial guys, they think our cattle are on fire and we do too. Um, I want to keep it that way. And that's kind of why I put my name in and for, for the board. Um, I just kind of would build on what we've already got started. Um, I think, um, I think our juniors are really important. That was another passion of mine. Uh, I've got, I've got young kids as well as a lot of other breeders do. And I think that, that we need to set them up for success. And that's not just, um, success like tomorrow or next year, that's success down the road. We need to build something up for them. That's there to stay. Um, it's, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it sounds cheesy a little bit, but it's almost just a, a lifetime view for me. Um, this is not just a, a, a seasonal thing. I mean, this, this is a passion of mine. 
And those two things, with some other things as well, but those two things, most importantly, are, are kind of way, a way I feel like I can give back and maybe uh, pay my dues by getting on the board and helping out with those things. Well, I think that's part of what sets agriculture apart and makes us so special in general. We're very legacy minded in ag. And we all spend, I think, more time than you're just your average person thinking about what our legacy will be and what we're leaving behind for our children. So I I love that you've got that passion for the youth programs. Yeah, you know, and and as far as as far as my family goes, if my children don't want anything to do with it whenever they whenever they're that age, that's fine. But but we know that we've done our part to at least set them up or set the breed up or help to get to that point where they've got something there um, that's important and that, that works. You know, uh, I think the ABHA kind of checks a lot of those boxes for us breeders to, to put our, our kids or whoever it is in position where they can be successful. And not get lost in the crowd. You know? Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. We've kind of found a little niche here and um, it's pretty special in my opinion. Yeah. If all else fails, none of our kids are going to go out and order the impossible burger. And I'll call that Exactly. In. Yeah. We can't do that. Yeah. That's terrible. That's terrible. So as someone looking to get on the board, what are some of the challenges that you see facing either the association or the breed as a whole? So obviously, I mean, in the world we're living in right now, to me, one of the biggest challenges is input costs. Um, and that's that's across the board. That's not just the Black Hereford stuff. That's everybody. I mean, a lot of these uh, a lot of these cow calf producers, they're really hurting right now. Um, I, I do think one way we can combat that with our cattle is just show them the numbers. You know, if we can get our data scans in um, some feed conversion tests, uh, you know, some some rate of gain tests, those sort of things are the kind of things that we need to show the commercial cattlemen, hey, look. Input costs are high. It's really tough right now. Black Hereford still work. You know, I've seen some guys that um, that have some Black Hereford guys that have put some numbers out there on some of these bull tests that they've done, um, and they're awesome. Those numbers are awesome. They, they're showing our cattle are relevant and that they work. Um, and kind of the neat thing about that is those numbers are factual. They're not made up numbers, or they're not you know my cows do better than your cows. These are real numbers in in real tests. Um, I think that's one way we can kind of combat that challenge of, of high input costs. Also, as far as the ABHA goes, I think one of the, the big issues could be marketing. I know that our board, uh, they're one step ahead of my thoughts here because I know that the, they've created a position for, a, I don't know if they're calling it a marketing director or exactly what it is, but um, someone who can really help in that aspect. You know, there's a lot of misinformation out there right now. Um, there's a lot of, I don't know if you want to call them haters, if, if that's what you want to say. Uh, but just a lot of people who are uneducated. And if we can kind of get those things out in front of people and show them what we're about, show them what our cattle can do for them, um, I, I think it's only going to be helpful. Um, I saw something on Facebook a couple of days ago. I think it was Facebook that it, it was a Black Herford uh, meme or ad or whatever it was. And it said more than a baldy. And I thought, you know what, those things are the kind of things that we need to put out there in front of people just to see those things, to put our eyes on them or for commercial producers or whoever it is to, to, to see that, that we're not just a, a, you know, a mixed breed or, or whatever you may. I saw another one today that I can't even remember what it said, 
but I do remember thinking discover the power of heterosis. Yes. Yes. This is, is when exactly I'm going to toot my own horn. I make all those. <laughs> You're doing a great job. Thank you. You're doing a great job. Uh, but yeah, I think those things are helpful. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm obviously a black Herford uh, breeder and I'm, I'm really digging those. I think that those are helpful. They're, they're catchy. Um, and it's just little things like that. We just need to educate people. We just need to, to, to tell them about our breed, tell them what we are and, and show them what we can do. Well, and I think the beauty of those two challenges that you talked about is they can very well be married and meshed together. We know input costs are a problem. We know that our product will get you more premium dollars. You're not going to get those discounts. You're going to be eligible for CAB and all that. Absolutely. So why not market the heck out of that? Absolutely. Push it. Yeah, push it. Uh-huh. Push it. We check all the boxes. I mean, the, and our cattle speak for themselves. And that's kind of what I said earlier. Um, when our When our cattle are tested, the numbers are there. We just need to to do more of it. I, feel, I think there needs to be maybe a little bigger push to do more of some of that stuff, and uh, and get those numbers out there. Um, you know, our data collection and and uh, that sort of thing, because it, it's going to sell it. It's going to sell it for sure. So then, like the opposite side of that, what do you view as our biggest strengths? Our biggest strength. Well, okay. So the easy answer to that is our cattle. I mean, our cattle. It, they're incredible. Um, they just flat out work. It doesn't matter where you put them. Uh, it seems like we're kind of beating a dead horse here, but they're just efficient. They, they work, they produce, they're going to top the market no matter what you do. But honestly, I would say for me, the biggest strength of ABHA is definitely its members. Um, it's super cliche and a little bit corny, but it's almost like we're a big family is, is, you know, I've heard that several different times. My wife and I were talking today and she reminded me that um, the first meeting we went to, we almost felt like superstars there. I mean, everybody just made us feel like we were somebody. We were important. And we were, I mean, we're still nobody. We we're nobodies, but they made us feel the complete opposite. Everybody made us feel the complete opposite. Just the generosity um, and just the, uh, the almost the family feeling of everybody. Um, I think that, uh, the member there's, there's a lot of intelligence, uh, intelligent members out there. Um, we've just got a lot to offer there. If you would have told me whenever I bought my first that this was going to lead to friendships that I would have for life, I probably would have told you you're crazy. Um, because I just couldn't see that happen. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just a breed of cattle and I'm just buying cows. That's all I'm doing, but I don't think that there's a day that goes by that I don't text or get a text or a call from another breeder. Um, so I've made lifelong friends. My wife has probably done the same and my kids have probably done the same. So to me, the biggest strength is no doubt the members. Um, I think that's a really important thing for a board to keep in mind too, especially in an association our size where we are still relying on a lot of volunteer work. And it's sure. valuable for the board to recognize how important those members are and, and show that appreciation and value. So I think that's really a fabulous answer. Well, and not only that, I mean, when people are like-minded, they work together and things get done. Um, like you're just saying, if, if it, who wants to do volunteer work? Not very many people. Um, it's tough and nobody wants to do anything for free. But whenever people have the same passion and the same goals, it just sure doesn't feel like work. I mean, it just feels like 
this is just something we're going to do because we enjoy it and we love it. So, so is there anything else that you want people to know about you? Um, you, you know, nothing specifically. Um, we, my, I guess my family is probably, probably, I don't know if, if you were to come walk with me for a day and, and see our operation, there is nothing on our farm that the family isn't involved in. Um, that, that starts in the mornings pretty much and ends at, at bedtime. Uh, my kids are young, of course, but, but, uh, but they help out wherever they can. So this is more than just a, um, than just raising cattle to me. I mean, this is, this is a lifestyle. Um, this is a choice. We're choosing to do this. We want to do this. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I just would like for people to know that, uh, that I'm passionate about the black herfer breed. I want it to succeed. I want our members to succeed. And, and I think that's possible. I mean, it's already happening. Like I said earlier, our board has done a tremendous job and I, I just want to be a part of that and, and help to continue that because we're going in the right direction. We really are. We're, our cattle are on fire and uh, we're really making strides. Absolutely. So if people would like to get to know you a little better, reach out to you, how can they do that? So um, they could text me or call me, um, hit me up on Facebook Messenger if you need to. Uh, do, do, I, do, I, do you want me to give me my phone number right now? That is or? totally up to you. If you would rather, we can just say find you on Facebook. <laughs> it's on the Black Herper website. Well, there you go. Sure. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> We'll put that out there. It's on the Black Earth website. Yeah. If you if you need anything, give me a holler. If you have any questions, I'd love to talk to you guys about it. Um, I'm an open book. So whatever, whatever you guys need, just, just let me know. Perfect. Thank you so much for your willingness to come on and, and let us get to know you a little bit. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks again for having me on, Jennifer. I really appreciate it. It was enjoyable talking to you and I hope the best for you guys. Thank you. All right. I am here with Chad Jones to talk about the upcoming board of directors election. So Chad, why don't you just introduce yourself, tell anybody out there who hasn't met you a little bit about who you are and where you're at and what you do. Yeah, sure. Uh, so like Jen said, my name is Chad Jones. Um, I live in Osawatomie, Kansas. Wait, wait, I want you to say that town name slower again, because I think about it all the time. Okay. It's Osawatomie. Okay. <laughs> O-S-A-W-A-T-O-M-I-E. Um, we're just about an hour south of Kansas City. Um, on the Kansas side. Um, a lot of fescue ground around us. So not not great pasture right now, but nice in the spring and the fall. I'm, I'm married. My wife's name is Caitlin. Uh, we have a 10-year-old, a soon-to-be eight-year-old, a 10-year-old son, uh, Cade, a soon-to-be eight-year-old daughter, Lizzie, and a four-year-old son, Henry. Um, we live, uh, live on you know, a few acres on our house and then, uh, we do lease quite a bit and, uh, do some cooperative stuff with my cousins. Um, but that's kind of, you know, I also teach high school and my wife also teaches. So, you know, while cattle is not the full time, it, it's definitely still full time with as many head as we've currently got. So, so when did you get into the cattle business or have you been doing it all along? So I got my first cows when I was nine. Um, so I've been really doing it for the last, you know, 20, 26 years. Um, way to date yourself. Yeah. 
There you go. 35. Well, soon to be 36. So, <laughs> um, you know, really kind of my, my grand, my grandfather on my mom's side, uh, had very large farm, uh, somewhere around 2000 acres, crop ground, some grass, and just always was a passion when I was younger and, um, got my first cow for my birthday. It was actually a Holstein. Uh, and then I actually still have her great, 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 great granddaughter on our place. And so kind of still have a few commercial cows, but they only come from that line. So can't really let go of those. So you were one of the first people that we met when we got into Black Herefords. How long have you been doing Black Herefords? So I started, we got our, we got, bought our first registered bull uh, from Jane and Ranch uh, the spring of 2012. Uh, immediately fell in love with the bull. We were just doing commercial cattle. Um, had been dealing with some bull issues with some Angus that we were buying and uh, kept visiting the neighbors all the time. And so we found Jane and Ranch. I always loved Herefords. And so I thought, why not try this? Bought our first bull, loved him. And then that fall, Jane had had a fall production female sale. And we ended up buying 12 uh, cows from there. Um, then we ended up buying a herd out of Wisconsin. So I think that was about 12 head of cows with calves uh, from Rich Olson. Some people may remember him. Um, ended up buying a, a Jane Baldy 405, who is the mother of Jane Balder 9405, who's in like tons of lines. And that's kind of where we fell in love in around 2012, 2013. So you're unique in that you're the only candidate who has done this before, who really knows what they would be getting into. Mm -hmm. So why decide to go ahead and run again and, and stick out on the board? You know, looking back over the last five years on the board, uh, probably year two, year three, probably would not have ran again. Um, but the beauty of what has happened is over these past two, three years, there's been some stability. And I really think the being able to offer that stability of the board, you know, working as a, a unit moving forward, um, you know, having Ernie now on on the team has been amazing. It's really cut down on um, being in the day to day of the association. Like we know we know if we hand it to Ernie, he's going to get it, he's going to take care of it. And we can kind of set back and kind of manage and and watch the the broad picture of the breed as opposed to you know, making sure every email is getting answered all the time and having Ernie now makes me feel like, you know, this is something that, you know, I could continue to contribute with my, you know, my areas of interest and um, my areas of understanding. So I think that's probably part of the reason, you know, I'd like to run again and uh, get back on the board is just to continue what is, what is happening. And if most people don't know, um, the ABHA has just exploded. Um, members registrations, you know, we're, we're on an upward trend and, and I'd like to continue that trend. Absolutely. So digging into that board tenure a little bit deeper, what is one or a couple of the things that you are most proud of you or the association and the board as a whole that you guys have accomplished in the last few years? Well, uh, one of the, the main things, and I got to, you know, work closely with Logan on this for quite a while was EPDs. Um, when we came on the board, um, there were some issues, uh, that were not being seen and my, my background is actually mathematics. And so a lot of stuff wasn't making sense. And so being able to transition and to be honest, that's all we could afford. 
at the time what our EPDs were. And, you know, without getting into the details of it, some things were not being calculated correctly. And so we were being thrown off. So we moved to where we're at now. And, and I know there's still been some issues with it, but the beauty of it is, is we're in a position financially now where we could even maybe take that next step and go to that, you know, kind of Cadillac type service um, where we can get, you know, stability, you know, our carcass CPDs and maybe draw on a, a broader picture than where we are right now. And I think if we get to that point, which I think we will in the near future, then um, that will be a major success to go from. And, and there was nothing wrong where we were at Texas A&M. I mean, we, they were doing what they could with what we provided. But to take it from in the last three years from there to now where we can we can afford to, you know, branch out and really put some money into, you know, our cattle on paper. Absolutely. It's the ultimate growing pains. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. And I know it's frustrating when the EPDs don't reflect what you want them to reflect. But the people that have been doing it long enough and have that historical picture. Boy, it's really cool to look at where we are from where we were on those EPDs. Oh, most definitely. So it, I, we've got a 11 year old cow and to, and she's excellent. And to have seen where she started in that first system to where this possibility of being in the new system is where it, you actually can kind of see it start to reflect what you're seeing in your herd. Um, it, it's a big deal. It, it could be a game changer for a lot of people. Absolutely. So what are some of the challenges that you see facing the breed or the association? Um, I, I would say probably just maintaining the momentum that we have right now. Um, I know that moving forward, we're going to, you know, right now we're looking for a community uh, communications coordinator. You know, those are things that we, we have to continue to do as a breed. You have to kind of take those, you know, leaps of faith that, you know, it'll, it's going to happen. And, you know, similar with Ernie, you know, could we necessarily have afforded Ernie right away? And, no, but we kind of took a leap of faith. And then all of a sudden now we're setting with, with an executive director and going to have possibly the best year that ABHA has ever had considering where our expenses are. So, you know, the struggle is to, to not get satisfied, to not just sit back and say, Hey, we're doing good. Let's not continue to push. That's the biggest struggle I see. Um, kind of maintaining a, a, a the breed is a unit, you know, not thinking, you know, what about just my farm, but what about the breed as a whole? What's best for the breed? Um, and if really, if everybody thought with the mentality that, you know, the big breeders and the little breeders are all have the same goal and purpose, and that's to sell black Herefords and that nobody's against each other. I mean, that, that's one of the biggest things is everybody needs to understand that we're here for each other. Um, we need to sell cattle to each other. We need people to help, you know, possibly move our cattle if we have some left and they don't have them. And one of the, the funnest things I think is uh, getting to sell a, a bull for somebody when, when they're, you know, haven't sold it yet and you're out, you know, what I always tell people is, yeah, I'm going to sell my, the bull down the road because everybody needs bulls. If they don't buy a black Hereford, they're going to go buy something else. So you might as well keep it within the breed. Well, it's definitely one of those rising tide raises all boat situations. You know, my cattle may not look anything like black Herefords down in Florida because they don't need to. But if black Herefords down in Florida do really, really well, that does nothing but help me. Exactly. We're a small breed. We're still new. We've got to still build that market. Right. Right. And that's one of the, you know, one of the biggest things that, 
And, you know, you see these discussions on Facebook. Okay, well, what does a black Hereford look like? Well, they're having that same conversation in the Hereford world. You know, right now, people don't, you know, don't necessarily like, you know, red up the neck, red down to the ground, but they're there. And if that's what's, that's what that area desires, then you go with that. You know, I mean, the the genetics are within the animal. And and that's probably, and I know I'm kind of maybe getting ahead of myself, but one of the the things um, we're probably going to talk about is um, what you might change about Black Herefords. And it's not, I don't think I'd change anything about the animal itself, but, you know, maybe the genetics around it, you know, if we were able to partnership with somebody to create and, you know, isolate that face gene, the, the face coloring. And so if somebody wanted to only have white face cattle without brockles, you know, there's that opportunity where they can go and, 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 you know, go through identity and pull a, a face coloring code. And I know there was a little bit of work going on with that, but um, I don't think it ever panned out, but it's there. The genetics are there. We just have to find it. And I think that's something that in the future, you know, wouldn't it be nice to know if your bull's going to throw all, you know, pigment every time. I mean, those just like homozygous is black, but yeah. coloring, you know, that's something to, that we'll like to approach in the future with some, you know, partnership with the university or something. Well, and that kind of stuff really just widens up our options because the same thing doesn't have to work for everybody. Right. You know, and if you can use technology to make that fit your operation, that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's the, you know, seeing it as an educator, you know, the technology is there, you know, you just have to use it. I mean, we use it in our classrooms every day. So why would I not want to use it out in the field? I mean, it's, it's a benefit to everyone. Absolutely. So then on the other side of that, what do you see as some of the strengths of the association and the breed? You know, association wise, it's the people. I mean, there are so many good people in this association. You know, everybody's willing to help each other out. You know, we come together, you know, once a year, more than once a year, but at the national meeting, you know, when you see those friendly faces and you know everybody's working to the same, same direction, you know, and the board of directors, I mean, these meetings have in the past had went for four and a half, five hours to where now our last meeting, we were we were right about an hour. And it's not that we didn't do anything. We got everything done because everybody's moving in the same direction. So the membership as a whole for the ABHA is the positive. And for the cattle, you know, just had a, a bull buyer come out and um, we walked through the bulls and he's like, are you sure we can go in here? And I was like, no, no, I know we can go in here because these cattle are, cattle are docile. You know, they're not, they don't run away from you. They're calm, which in turn makes better beef, you know, when they're not getting any, you know, any, adrenaline flowing through their muscles right before, you know, they go to slaughter. So they're calm, they're, they're collected and they, they do really well in all conditions. You know, I'm sure you guys have sent cattle all over the United States and rarely, and I can actually say just once (laughs) have I ever had a customer that came back and said that animal fell apart. And, you know, and that's what these cattle do is they go out and they work no matter where they're at. You know, we take cattle up to Idaho. We've got cattle in Florida, New Mexico, Pennsylvania. I mean, they're, they're everywhere and they just work no matter where they go. Absolutely. And so now our task is to, you know, really tap into that and get that message out there. Right, right. And that's and that's the biggest piece right now, you know, as currently sitting on the board is knowing that that we do need help as an association to move that forward because, you know, you've got business guys on the board, you know, you've got, you know, people that are in the cattle, that's their job. 
that's that's our full-time job. You've got people in other industries, but we don't really have that communications driver. You know, someone's going to take and make a cohesive marketing scheme, you know, maybe not necessarily a rebrand because I think we, we've got a good brand, but, you know, maybe a new face to that brand. Yes. Um, something where people can throw it on a hat and wear it around, you know, yeah. and it's not just our, our typical emblem. So that's that's the next step really is the communications part, getting that stuff out to commercial cattlemen. We've got to be visible. I mean, we're already taking a chunk of the market, but there's a lot bigger chunk to be taken, you know, if we can continue to, to be in the front and out there in front of people. Absolutely. And especially, and you know, this is just a little stump of mine, but especially the commercial cattlemen, we've got to make sure that those guys know who we are and that we're serious. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, and part of the thing is, is that's one reason why we, we've got to continue to recruit all sizes of members, small people that can have a few cows and big members, because when you start looking at those big breeders in Western Kansas, you know, Nebraska, you know, through the Great Plains, they'll come and they'll, they'll want to see 20 bulls. They, they want to see that, you know, and, and if you get them hooked on your bulls, then they might look at a neighbor that's got one or two bulls. But that first initial time is coming and seeing that that big group so they can kind of look at the consistency of what Black Herefords do. And and honestly, that they're very consistent across the board, you know, for most people. Yeah, absolutely. So the goal of today was just to kind of get people a chance to get you to know you a little bit. If they've got questions about specific issues or things they're concerned with, are they okay to contact you? How would you request they reach out most definitely email text call i do it all so um anybody has any questions i'm more than happy to answer them you know i know there's some more hot topics out there that you know not necessarily go over a podcast but would definitely be willing to discuss them with anybody um everybody has their reasoning for things and and uh i'd like to hear what other people think of stuff too as exciting as like a presidential style debate would have been (laughs) <laughs> I figured we'd keep it pretty broad. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's kind of a good idea. <laughs> well, and I want to make sure I drop. I don't know if you said in your intro or not that you're Crescent Hills Crescent Black Herberts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That way, if people are looking for you on the website, they can find you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, Jen, one of the biggest things that, that I've seen over this five years is that even if you have a difference of opinion on the cattle, we're still one brand. You know, you can't you can't go out and and bash your own brand. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, whoever the membership decides to elect, you know, we're going to hop on board behind them. We're going to move forward. Um, We're going to right now we should. I think we're going to have about one hundred and twenty five babies next year. Registered calves Um, this year. We're going to hit one hundred, I believe. And so our goal is to keep going. And, you know, we're going to grow as much as we can and, and keep moving the breed forward regardless. So, you know, I, hopefully I can continue to serve and move it forward. But if not, I'm, I'm right behind the person that's there. Well, I'm just going to say as somebody whose husband served with you, what you guys have done in the last, you know, six, seven years is truly remarkable. Yeah. And I'm excited for the annual meeting because I'm not going to steal Don Harden's thunder. Um, but it's, uh, it's very impressive. That's all. So I'll leave it at, but could you maybe spice up Don's presentation a little looking at you, Don? <laughs> I'm sure it will be this year. I mean, <laughs> it'll be pretty easy to go out there and, and nail it home with how, how this year has been. 
I think we should get him like a smoke machine, some lights, really play it up when he comes in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there anything else you want people to know about you, about your passion for the breed? You know, I, I, I guess the, the, the biggest thing is that people need to know is that, you know, in our life, you know, some things, God comes first, you know, my family comes right behind God and then there's cattle. And those are really my passions always have been, you know, I teach to make a living, but I, you know, I love, I live and love to be on the farm. Wait, wait, wait. As somebody who's also been a teacher, I'm now concerned if you think you teach to make a living. Well, well, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll just leave that one. There. <laughs> it, it allows me to have my cows at least, you know, that's and about, kids are all right too. And, and Caitlin brings home more money than I do. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, thank you. Working on my admin degree. So we're maybe bump that up a little bit. <laughs> well, thank you, Chad. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have a great day. Yep, you too. Thanks for listening. You can get in on the conversation over at our Facebook page at Black Hereford Chronicles, where we'd love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.